This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a special archive edition of the Dear Bob and Sue podcast, where we share bite-sized excerpts from our previous episodes about specific, shorter topics. I'm Matt Smith. And I'm Karen Smith. It's July, so that means we are taking a break from creating new podcast episodes while we're out doing some traveling, hiking, and spending time with our family. But we don't want you to completely forget about us, so we're dusting off clips from a few of our previous episodes about topics you might find useful as you're out traveling to our amazing public lands. These mini-episodes are also great to reference when you're planning your next road trip. Today's archive episode is about the mini glacier area of Glacier National Park in Montana. If you're visiting Glacier this summer, try to carve out some time to visit this spectacular part of the park. Here we talk about the lodging options and descriptions of our favorite hikes in the area. Okay, Karen, before we get into the Many Glacier clip, I think you have an update about traveling to the Many Glacier area that you would like to share. Yes. So in summer of 2023, the park is now requiring vehicle reservations for four different areas of the park, going to the Sun Road, the North Fork area, which is Bowman Lake area, Two Medicine and Many Glacier. Now, for the Many Glacier area specifically, these vehicle reservations are in effect from July 1st through September 10th from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. However, visitors who have lodging, camping, or commercial activity reservations like boat tours or horseback rides, they don't need a vehicle reservation. So you can use the confirmation email to access the portion of the park for where their activity is booked. That's right. Now, a portion of the vehicle reservations were released four months in advance, and the remaining reservations will be released 24 hours in advance. So those 24-hour reservations will become available daily at 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time the day before your planned visit. Okay, and one last note, vehicle reservations and park passes will be checked along with photo ID at the time of entry. So uh, keep that in mind. Vehicle reservations can't be resold, auctioned, or transferred. Print or save a digital copy like a screenshot of the vehicle reservation or valid service reservation 
prior to your arrival. That's right, because this is what happens, and this is what happened to us last summer. We had a vehicle reservation to go into going to the Sun Road, and I had the confirmation email in my you know email on my phone. But when we got to the entry booth and I tried to pull it up, there is no cell service there. And so the email wouldn't download, so I didn't have it. And it was a huge hassle because we had to go back out of the park to where there was cell service. I had to download it, screenshot it, and go back in. So all that being said, make sure you either have a printed copy or if you're getting it 24 hours ahead of time, and of course you don't have a printer with you, then screenshot it. Yeah. Uh, you want to be able to show it at the ticket booth when you get there. Yeah, that's a great tip that doesn't cross your mind until you get right there at the kiosk. Right. One more note, these vehicle reservations are all available on recreation.gov. That is where you go to secure your reservation. Okay, here we go. Many Glacier area of Glacier National Park. So moving on to the mini glacier area, which they call the Switzerland of America. And it's not many glaciers, which is what I want to mm-hmm. always say. It's many glacier. If we had to choose our favorite section of the park, hands down, it would be many glacier because not just the scenery, it does look like Switzerland of America, but the hiking back there is incredible. Yeah, some of our best memories of the park have been Mm -hmm. back in the many glacier area so just one thing to note if you're going back there and if you if you're not staying in some of the lodging that we'll talk about in a minute you want to go early because early in the day early in the day right because when the parking lots back there get filled up the national park service closes that area to any more cars We asked a ranger what time we should reasonably get there to make sure we got in, and they told us between 8 and 9 a.m. So just just a heads up on that. Yeah, uh, get there early, as with probably every area of the park that you want to visit. Earlier, the better. That's right. Now, that Mini Glacier Hotel, now that opened to the public in 1915. So a lot of these hotels and lodges and chalets, they were all... Being built and open at the same time, the the park really just had its golden era there in the early part of the 20th century as as people were discovering the park and and getting out in it. And this mini glacier hotel, I think, has one of the most beautiful settings of any national park lodge. It sits on the shore of Swift Current Lake, and you are looking directly across at a mountain that's called Grinnell Point, and it rises up like a pyramid above the lake. And I mean, have you ever seen anything more spectacular? Well, if you were going to design a mountain to be on the other side of the lake opposite your hotel, you would design it, you would make it look just like that. That's right. Yeah, it's this perfectly shaped mountain, and it's beautiful when the, especially in the early morning when there's no breeze and the lake is still. That mountain reflects in the water. Mm-hmm. Fantastic uh, photo opportunity. Oh, yeah. And they have a back porch that spans the length of the hotel. And you can sit out there with with a cocktail or with your morning coffee and just enjoy that incredible view. Uh, we've stayed there a few times. Now, like, like these other hotels that were built in the park, it has a Swiss theme. And one thing we loved is, remember back in the day they offered the Swiss uh, cheese fondue? I do remember that. They they do not offer that anymore. I don't know if that's a COVID thing. It's temporarily, hopefully one day 
the fondue will come back. I hope so, because it's nice to really pretend like you're in Switzerland (laughs) and have a glass of wine and that that Swiss fondue. After a difficult hike. After a difficult hike. You have to earn your fondue. (laughs) So the other lodging that's back there is the Swift Current Motor Inn and Cabins. We've stayed there also, and we thought that was great. Uh, When you look at the history of this, it was a hodgepodge development uh, it started as Lake McDermott. I don't even know where Lake McDermott I don't is. Uh, Lake McDermott Teepee Camp back in 1911. And then it turned into Many Glacier Auto Tourist Camp in 1935 when they built 27 cabins. Then they built the general store in 1935. Also, the, the, there's a restaurant and a lobby area there that's that's connected to the main building now that they built that in 1941. So, yeah, like you said, a hodgepodge of, of construction over the years. Yeah, they had uh, they had cabins uh, that burned down, and they built some new ones. Then they had cabins that they moved to Lake McDonald Lodge. And so it, it has changed dramatically since 1911. But currently, they have 95 rustic motor in rooms and cabins. Yeah, like I said, we stayed there. We liked it. We thought the restaurant was great. Yeah, the rest, the food in the restaurant was fantastic. The, the cabins were great. I prefer Many Glacier Hotel, but if you can get a room at the Swift Current Motor Inn and Cabins, that's great too. It is because the nice thing is, and this is going to segue into talking about the hikes, is both of those lodging places are the jumping off spot for some incredible hikes. One of the first hikes we did back in the Many Glacier area back when we were going to all the national parks, was the Grinnell Glacier Trail. It was 11.2-mile round-trip hike, and it's it's fairly strenuous, about 2,200 feet elevation gain. Yeah, it takes you up to Grinnell Glacier, and uh, absolutely stunning hike the entire way. You're walking next to the turquoise uh, lake that's Grinnell Lake. Now, if you want to shave three and a half miles off of the hike, you can take a boat. Actually, it's two boats. It's a boat across Swift Current Lake and then a second boat across Lake Josephine. And those leave from the Many Glacier Hotel boat dock right at the back of the hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one takes you to the south end of Swift Current and then everyone gets off there. You hike less than a quarter of a mile on a paved trail over to Lake Josephine and then there's another boat dock that that takes you out there. We, We have not done the little boat ferry system, taxi system over there. When we hike that trail, we just we just hike the trail. Yeah, I think it would be fun to take the boats. You know, you would see something different. You would see some views down from the water. I think next time maybe we'll maybe we'll try that. Okay. Yeah, an incredible hike. It's very popular. So again, it's kind of sound like a broken record, but go early. Start this hike early if you're headed out that way. But once you get to the top, the end, the destination of the trail, you're overlooking the Grinnell Glacier. There's a little uh, lake there that when we were there, it had little icebergs in it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty cool. But again, we've said this before, when you're hiking in the mountains, take take rain gear, take warm clothes. We've been caught in rainstorms on the trail a couple of times. Yeah, also definitely need your bear spray. There have been some grizzly attacks that have been documented and written about on this exact trail. So you absolutely want to have your bear spray. And that trail leaves uh, right from the Many Glacier Hotel. But if you go over to uh, that Swift Current Motor Inn area, 
you'll find the trailhead for a couple of our favorite hikes. Ptarmigan Tunnel is about 10.7 miles, 2,300 feet elevation gain. It's a spectacular hike. I would call it strenuous. Yes, Um, (laughs) especially when you get to the end and you look up at the switchbacks leading up to the tunnel, because at that point I was already tired. So this tunnel, it's at the top of what's called Ptarmigan Wall, and that, that wall kind of separates the many glacier valley from the belly river valley that that's to the north and so there's a there's a tunnel right by the top of that wall that's blasted through they built it in night in the 1930s and they built it for horses to get through that's right it was built by the ccc Uh, now the tunnel is only about 240 feet long and when you come out on the other side and you're looking into the belly river valley some incredible views there and the trail continues so you could actually hike up all the way um, all the way to a trail that comes out uh, almost at the Canadian border. Right. And people obviously do that as a backpacking trip because that would take multiple days to do. Yeah, as you're hiking <laughs> up to the tunnel, you don't see this spectacular overview until you get to the other side of the tunnel. So stay yes. with it. Mm-hmm. It's worth the effort to get up to the tunnel and, and go through. That's right. Now, in 1975, the Park Service added steel doors to both ends of the tunnel. And the reason why? To keep out hibernating bears. Yeah, bears thought this was a great spot to spend the winter. Can you imagine? It probably was. Well, what I can't imagine is before 1975, going up there in the spring, hiking to go through the tunnel and finding a bear in there. <laughs> I, I wonder how many times hikers disturbed hibernating bears. I know. It must have happened. That's why they added the doors. But now the doors remain closed from October 1st until mid-July when they open this trail. So now not only can the bears not hibernate, but people cannot hike up there in the spring, Mm, at least not through the tunnel. Now, we hiked up to the Tarmogen Tunnel one beautiful September day. It was early September, thank goodness, because later in the month, there was a winter storm that came through. Now, we, on our way back, instead of going all the way back to the trailhead, we took a turn off to Iceberg Lake. Now, if you if you are just hiking to Iceberg Lake from the trailhead, it's 9.7 miles. It's about 1,275 feet elevation gain. It's strenuous, too. Mm-hmm. Not, not as strenuous, I would say, as Tarmogen Tunnel. But beautiful destination. That's a beautiful lake back there. And yeah, when we were there, it had icebergs in it. It did. And it's this beautiful turquoise color. Absolutely stunning. Uh, now, there were a lot of people there. It's a very popular trail. There were also quite a few moose. I think we, we saw we, moose everywhere. We saw a few moose, mm-hmm. we, even one that crossed the trail in front of us. That's right. So the Tarmogen Tunnel and Iceberg Lake, they share a trail for probably half of the way. So, right. so And then they split off. So it is doable. I don't remember how many miles we hiked total doing both of them at the same time. That was a, that was a long day. It was long. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got two days and, you know, one per day, that's great. But if, you, if you're if you short on time, you, you can do them both the same day if you're up for it. Highly recommend those two mm-hmm. hikes. Now, another trail that we hiked recently, and it had been on our list for a long time and just never got around to it, is Cracker Lake. 
Now, this is a 12 and a half mile, 1400 foot elevation gain trail back to this spectacular lake. But one of the interesting features of this particular hike is that for the first mile and a half, two miles, it's shared with both horses and hikers, right? Yes. Which means that that first mile and a half can be pretty muddy and poopy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, the day we hiked it, it had rained uh, several days earlier, and it was a quagmire of mud and horse poop. And if you've never hiked this trail before, you're thinking after the first mile and a half, you're thinking nothing could be worth hiking through this kind of mud and, and horse manure. But stay with it because after the area of, of the trail where the horses no longer are, are using it, the trail gets easier, drier, and the destination is spectacular. Yeah, it's one of those hikes where for the first gosh, maybe seven-eighths of the trip, you're in the forest, yeah, and there aren't really any views. But then all of a sudden, at the end, you come out into this gorgeous Cracker Lake Basin where you're surrounded by 3,000-foot cliffs and alpine meadows. There were glaciers nestled into these cliffs. And just like Iceberg Lake, it's an incredible turquoise color that you have to see to believe. So it was definitely worth that rough start at the beginning. I wasn't so sure about the hike in that first mile and a half of mud, but boy, by the time we got to the destination, it certainly was worth it. I agree. Um, and one thing to note, as, as we were going through this mostly forested trail, there were bushes close by on both sides, lots of berry bushes. And, and I was worried about bears, obviously, and a lot of blind corners. So as we came around the corners, we would shout out, hey, bear, hey, bear. And we'd talk loudly to try to, um, if there were bears there, to let them know we were coming. We never saw a bear but no, we, didn't. we had a really good animal sighting. <laughs> well, the vegetation at some parts was six, seven feet high, and they were close to the trail on both sides. And as we were hiking through this one stretch, all of a sudden, I was just looking at the, at the trail down kind of at my feet in front of me, and I saw that you fell off into... <laughs> into the vegetation. I thought you had tripped on a rock. And as I bent down to give you a hand to pull you up, you had this odd look on your face. Mm -hmm. And that's because literally five feet away in the bushes was the biggest moose we've ever seen. Oh my gosh. With this giant antler rack. Yeah, so I was hiking along, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw movement coming towards us, and I thought it was a bear because I could see brown. And in the same second, he lifted his head as he was walking with his big moose head and his big antlers. And I was trying to turn around to tell you, and I tripped over my own feet and fell. It all happened so fast, but yeah, he was right there. Yeah, it was Bowinkle. It was Bowinkle. And the reason we couldn't see him is the vegetation was about as high as his back. And when his head was down eating, he was invisible. Mm -hmm. And when that head came up, it was, it was a shock. 
Yeah, we moved away to what we felt was a safe distance. And then we tried to take some photos because he had stopped at this point and was eating. But with his head down and and from our distance, we, we couldn't get any good pictures. But it boy, it no. sure was fun to see him there. But I was <laughs> surprised that he was not bothered by us. Because oh, when, yeah. when he lifted his head as you walked by, his head couldn't have been five feet away. I know. Yeah. I know. It's so fun to see them that close. And one more trail to note in that area is the Swift Current Nature Trail. It's a 2.7 mile loop that goes all the way around Swift Current Lake. It's easy and beautiful, uh, really no elevation to speak of. So that's another thing um, if people are looking for a hike that's not so strenuous. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. If you like to hear more about Glacier National Park, we have two full episodes that you can go back and listen to. Those are episodes number 48 and 49 that we put out in the fall of 2021. And just a reminder, if you're planning a trip to Glacier after the summer of 2023... Our national parks seem to be changing and updating the vehicle reservation requirements each year. So be sure to check the park website for current information. Yes, thank you and have a safe and happy summer. This month, we'll be putting out a few more of these archive episodes about short topics. This is a new concept for us, so we'd really like to hear what you think about them. You can email us your comments at mattandkarensmith at gmail.com. That's right. Hope you're all having a great, wonderful, and safe summer.